This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Tara Carter from Clovis, New Mexico, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 27th, episode 1881. This episode is brought to you by Horseware. Good morning, Horse World. Good Tuesday morning to you, and I do mean a good Tuesday morning. Well, if you insist on being accurate about it. Only somebody with perfect comedic timing could produce this much energy in one shot. You gotta learn that your time in the saddle ain't as rough as a life in between. And the fence isn't there for you to straddle. And you can't change horses in the middle of your dream. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Western episode of Horses in the Morning. We do once a month. Tara is here on usually the fourth Tuesday of every month. And good morning, Tara. Good morning. Well, we're going to get right to Jennifer today because we have a lot to do. We have a lot going on in today's show. We have some announcements and stuff. So, Jennifer, what is coming up? Coming up on today's Western episode brought to you by Horseware. We're going to start out with Ellie Geverts, and she's going to talk all about Spotted Horse Ranch for all you folks out there who are crazy for speckles on your ponies. This is rather a unique business plan for a place to go out and have a horsey vacation. And then next up, Cowgirl in the Kitchen's back. That's right. She's here with a bacon recipe. What's not to love? And then following it all up, Jill Dunkel is going to stop by and talk about the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance, who are trying to keep competitive ranch sports alive and vibrant. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Well, it is Daily Winnie time. Well, my Daily Winnie is twofold. The first one is to our friend and fellow cruise mate. She was on the cruise with us, Robin Donahue, who is on a road trip right now to pick up her uh, her new Percheron, her new gray Percheron up there in Michigan, all the way from Texas. And she's actually on, on the auditor room, got a little tracker going. And I know she's probably listening because I know she's on the road already this morning. So, Robin, have a great trip and a safe trip to pick up your new very large pony. And also to Mary Kitzmiller. She picked up her new Mustang for the Mustang makeover training over the weekend and brought it home and had the first touch yesterday. And you can just follow Mary Kitzmiller, of course, the host here uh, once a month. You can follow her progress with her new Mustang on her Facebook page. She posts everything. So if you want a step-by-step, you can uh, follow along with Mary on her Facebook page. And it looked like, you know, she was going to have a handful with this Mustang, but... uh, Things progressed rather quickly yesterday, so so that was good. And it is your turn. Well, 
Well, my daily Winnie goes out to all the auditors who provided feedback on the best tack trunk slash tote to use. Uh, we took your advice and we have about 12 sitting at our barn right oh now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> home, home Depot. It looks like home Depot set up a mini shop here, but what are those uh, called? Let's good. give up because those are the ones that we use too. What are they called again? You just bought them. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah, right. Stanley. There's Stanley. Oh, you would ask me that. Hold on. Let me do a search. Yeah, they're Stanleys and they have the, <laughs> they're, they're black and they have the big wheels on the back yeah. and a handle you pull out and yeah. it's, it's yeah. a plastic the hardware trunk. Store. Yeah. Great exit. Yeah, great, uh, great exit. I'm trying to explain it here. It's, uh, and it fits a lot of stuff inside. And the nice part is the wheels are really rugged. We've been using ours for years. The, and I put my harness in. So when we're taking the ponies places, oh, wow. I actually just throw all the harness in and whatever else I need for my pony for driving. And then we just, Loaded onto the truck, and the nice part is it the wheels are big, so it goes through rough terrain. Like you have a lot of sand and stuff, um, mm-hmm. so they work for that pretty easy. And they have handles on both sides to pick them up easier, and then they have an extending handle on the one side for when you want to pull it around like luggage. Uh, it's not a very uh oh, like fun. Na- oh, there, hello. There you're. you're not here. a fun name, but it says Stanley 19 inch 24 gallon mobile toolbox. You bought how many? Uh, we have nine. <laughs> there you go. You wiped them out. That's probably all they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Who buys nine at once? Daily toolboxes in Clovis, New Mexico. <laughs> Boy, are you moving out? What's what's the yeah. situation there, Tara? You had to pack everything up. You're going to leave and not tell anybody in the dead of night? Is that it? Well, you know, people study and train with Trevor, and then when we go to shows, we provide everything. So basically, you show up with a horse. And your saddle and your uh, bridle. You have to and pack all that crap. Yeah. Well, it's not really crap, but yeah, it's, it's very a... organized now. <laughs> well, good, and it'll keep it clean too, because that's, that's right. the problem we have here is everything gets so dusty. Because yeah, <laughs> wait, wait till you come visit. <laughs> Might change your mind about Dusty. Speaking of coming to visit, we mentioned last month that uh, you were going to hold a special event at your farm, at your your little ranch out there in New Mexico, um, for the listeners. So do we have any more details? They were asking about that. We need to post this everywhere, too. We do, yeah. We'll... put everything up in the in the auditor room as well but basically it'll be the clinic it's going to be july 31st i'm sorry june 31st june 30th goodness i we talked this we had this conversation earlier that dates and time zones are like my nemesis uh so june 30th through july 1st and then what we'll have is uh we'll have meals provided and you guys can bring your horses it'll include board for your horse um, we've got some accommodations on site that you can stay in, or there's plenty of hotels just, you know, five miles away. So there's lots of options there. So yeah, we, I'll basically have yeah. a link that you guys can sign up for. One of the things on, that uh, was brought up by numerous people is they live far away. They'd like to come, but they don't want to haul their horse that far. So uh, do you have any horses that they could rent or wh- what's the you story? Know, you know what they should do? We just need to charter a plane and just Fly it around the, the country States, picking up, up horses. Yeah. That, yep. Yeah. That won't be. Yep. It's going to be an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have some numbers of some flight charters. I don't know that they have horse containers though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the scoop? So the scoop on horses available for people horses. who can't transport. Sorry, theirs. I got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we've got some available, but if that's what everyone's wanting to do, we won't have enough for that to go around for that. But. um 
as long as you guys, if you say, yes, I for sure want to borrow a horse, then you can let me know via the auditor group or send us an email and I can just start lining up horses. And then once we've, once we've lined them all out, then. And what's going to happen on the weekend? What what are they going to get to do? So we'll basically have a little bit of horsemanship the first morning just to make sure everybody's safe and in control. And then we'll go out. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Then, um, then after that, we usually go out and we'll we'll gather cattle, we'll bring them up, we'll work them in the arena just so everyone gets a good understanding of positioning and where to be on the cows. And then the next day, we'll actually go out where where we keep the horses and where we keep the cattle and, and where we have some trails to ride through. So that's kind of the idea. First day is make sure everybody's on the same page, and second day is uh, go out and have a lot of fun. And uh, when, when when we say go out here in the east, we mean uh, if you ride on our own property, it's 20 acres. Uh, you're, you're talking a little more than that out there. Yeah, it'll be about 2,000 acres. Uh, see, that's a, yeah, see. Yeah, you can probably go out and ride for a while, 2,000 acres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while. Yeah. So so to give perspective, uh, you're not looking at a half an hour ride just to round up some cattle. Oh, this will be an all-day adventure. Yes. yes. And I will be in the chuck wagon. We need to find somebody with a chuck wagon nearby so we can bring a lunch to you guys. Yeah, I'm going to work on this chuck wagon thing. That's I been my dream. Be it's on cool. my I didn't know bucket that. list to be on a chuck wagon and cook lunch for you wranglers when you come in for lunch. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's it's it. It's on my I've list. Been, we have We have chuck wagons that like around here that you can basically have come in. I don't know. I mean, I'll get to work on finding one. Well, you, 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 I'll help you with that. You just find me some names and I'll contact them and we'll, we'll try and get that. It's been, it's on my bucket list. Okay. Well, now, now I know. See, that also gets me out of going going out riding with you guys. That's the other thing. I must say that. (laughs) That's the only way we're going to get them along is in a wagon. (laughs) So, Riding would be far more comfortable than riding in a chuck wagon. Yeah, but uh, I, I like driving. I could bring my pony along, and we could go along that way. We could just yeah. bring the cart and go out. We could maybe look for a chuck wagon for your pony. Like a <laughs> yeah, modif- he's not going to pull. Those. You guys are not going to be eating have- much. You guys are not going to be eating much if my pony's pulling the chuck <laughs> <Okay>. wagon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have to put some really it'd be rice cakes because we need something really light to. <laughs> We actually, there actually is a guy from here that has a mini chuck wagon racer. Racing yeah, team. yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So, could you settle for that? Yeah, but the chuck wagon, see, their chuck wagons actually don't have any food inside. Uh, we know, need just... that can actually make food. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Although okay. I wouldn't mind riding on a chuck wagon racing cart. Although the way I've been getting hurt recently, maybe that's not such a good idea yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and we need to put a page up on our website uh, for all of that so people have a place to go where they can get all the details. So okay. uh, get them over to us as soon as possible and we'll get them up. Will do. All right. And Jennifer and I will be there. So we're, we're going to be going out as well. Now, uh, another thing that's coming up at the end of this month, this is your last show before this happens, actually. And that is, we'll be provided, we are the official radio network for Horse, a Road to the Horse again. So we will be providing coverage there. This time, Jennifer's heading up to hang out with Tara. So the Road to the Horse coverage is provided by Horseware and Cashel Products, like it has been for the last number of years. We're going to be doing live shows on March 23rd and 24th. That's our normal morning show. So we'll have our normal morning show Friday morning, and then we'll do a special Saturday morning show live from the Kentucky 
Horse Park from the Alltech Arena. And then on the 25th, we'll be doing the four hours live coverage of the finals again, like we have in the past. Uh, <clears throat> Tara's going to work on getting some handsome men to help with that coverage on uh, on Sunday. Because you need that for the radio? Yeah, because we need that. That's right. Or at least the ones that sound good. I don't care if they're handsome. Their voices have to be tremendous. <laughs> there you go. So, and, and if they know a little something, that's good, too. But uh, we're going to be doing that. And as I understand it from this point, they're not doing live video coverage this year. So you can't watch from home. That will pretty much be the only way you can hear what's going on is our live feed on Sunday. That's what I understand it right now, what I was told yesterday. So it looks like uh, if you want to hear what's going on for the 15th annual, this is 15th anniversary. So they're bringing in a whole bunch of the past competitors to do demonstrations and things, right? Like your husband. Well, I don't. He's not necessarily doing a demonstration, but I know they're bringing bringing in past competitors, and there's going to be a party with a bunch of the past competitors. The only thing Trevor's doing is he's going around and he's doing some Facebook Live stuff, but it's not of the event. It's sort of like behind in between the, the event, yeah. yeah, behind the scenes type stuff. Cool. And competitors yeah. this year are are a good group. You're going to want to see, and that's Jim Anderson, Nick Dowers, Dan James. If you buy, buy the ticket just to come and watch Dan James. It's going to be worth it. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, Vicki Wilson, who won last year, who's the uh, competitor out of New Zealand, and she's the English rider. And I think everybody is excited to see Dan James Australian against Vicki Wilson New Zealand. So those two uh, competing against each other should be interesting. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be a fun year for everybody. So definitely plan on tuning in to Horses in the Morning for that, for that coverage. And uh, Tara will be there again this year. This year. She did such a good job last year. So uh, also, I did check this morning. There are tickets available. And uh, there are tickets available. And you can even get, from what I saw in some of the sections, there were groups of up to four together. Some of the sections Ooh. is just ones. But uh, other sections, you can still get groups of four together. There's not many, but you can go to roadtothehorse.com and still get tickets. What you're doing is buying a ticket for the whole weekend, so you come and watch the entire competition from beginning to end. Uh, hotels in Lexington are pretty reasonable. There's because a lot of rooms. So they're pretty reasonable, and uh, you can still get those as well. So if you decide to make a last-minute trip, it's March 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Lexington, Kentucky. And that's our, our Road to the Horse coverage, and we'll be putting a page up on our website about that coverage coming up as well. Now, the other advantage this year is you'll be able to listen live on our app which uh, which we had just done last year. Uh, so again, this year, you'll be able to hit the live button on our app, the Horse Radio Network app on your phone. So even if you're at the event, you'll be able to listen to the commentary live uh, from Tara and from Jennifer and, and whatever other handsome men she gets uh, on Sunday. So no pressure, Tara. Um, yeah, no pressure. No pressure. But that's kind of cool that you can listen live right on your phone, uh, wherever you are, and not just at the event, but all over the place. So look for that as well coming up. So we have lots of cool things with Tara coming up here. But in the meantime, we have our first guest on the line, and we're going to talk to her. We are going to be talking a little bit about a place you can go to have some fun. But in addition to that, uh, they have some fun with a certain kind of horses, and it's called the Spotted Horse Ranch. It's in Hocking Hills, Ohio, and they offer horseback riding and camping and weddings and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we have Ellie on the line from there. Hi, Ellie. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. You know, it's funny, we just got done talking about a couple of great events coming up and people and vacations and people looking for things to do. And Ohio is a wonderful place to do things, I would say, nine months of the year. Um, pretty close, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this time of year, we are covered in mud. Yep, it's mud season. <laughs> you just got off of so, a little bit of um, snow and winter, yep. now mud. Yep. Um, yep, we would rather have the snow. When does uh, Spotted Horse Ranch officially like get things kicking off? Generally, we start riding with customers late April, early May, but it all depends on trail conditions. Because if the trails are, you know, knee deep in mud still by that time of year, then we have to delay our opening. So we're not going to jeopardize hurting a person or hurting one of our horses. Right. And where is Hocking Hills, Ohio? It's um, about 20 miles northeast of Chillicothe, uh, about 20 miles southwest of Lancaster, um, and about 50 miles from Columbus. Okay, so you're kind of it in the middle northern part, part of Ohio. Middle northern? Um, more southeast. Okay. So, all right, so southeast. And what's the terrain like? What are you, are you hilly, a lot of woods? Absolutely hilly. Uh, they don't call it Hocking Hills for nothing. <laughs> um, Hocking Hills <laughs> has been actually noticed by National Geographic as one of the top 20 places to visit before you die. Oh, really? For your bucket list. Yeah. And why There's is that? so many things to do in Hocking Hills. Um, the hills, the rock formations, um, the state park is right down the road from us. And it's it's just absolutely beautiful. There's caves and waterfalls hmm. over in the state park. And they also have a system of bridle trails over there. So when you do your trail rides, let's start there. You offer many different things. So let's start with the uh, trail riding that you offer. Um, so what do you offer there? We have a little over 25, 30 miles of trail. And... Not one of them is flat, but there are varying degrees of what hills we go up and down. And we take into consideration the comfort of our riders. If they're a little nervous, well, we're not going to take them down the holy crap trail. <laughs> um, you know, because we want everyone to, to leave with a good experience under their belt. And even if they don't ride with us, maybe they'll ride again someplace else because horses are awesome. Now, if one of the questions we always get, because our listeners are all horse people. So, um, as a matter of fact, we just did a cruise, uh, and in Nassau, there were seven or eight of them that went out to the trail ride there. And one of the things the Wrangler said is, they said it's so nice to have people that actually know how to ride. (laughs) So, it was, for the Wranglers, Um, it was a lot of fun because they had actual trail, you know, actually riders on, they didn't have to worry about newbies, right? Um, So, do you offer rides that if, if people come in and say, okay, we're more experienced, we want to have a challenge. Do you offer those rides as well? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That would fall into the category of, oh my gosh. Yes. That holy crap. We're really going to go up that or <laughs> we're really going to go down that? Okay, right. Good. It's the holy crap ride. Well, you know, a lot of trail places don't, and that's why I, why I ask that. We always get criticized for not asking that question. So, good. But, and, oh. So now... As far as, so you offer various, uh, you can do one hour, two hour, what different options there? 
we'll ride all day if you want to, okay. but every two hours we would go back to the barn and get a fresh horse. Okay. Um, our horses are our livelihood, and we make sure that, you know, no one horse is overworked. So, yeah, we will ride as long as you want, but every two hours we get fresh horses. Got it. And the horses are unique. This is what kind of makes Spotted Horse Ranch unique. It's not something we see all the time. Tell us why it's called Spotted Horse Ranch. Because we love Appaloosas. <laughs> um, nothing quite like having those big old spotted butts in the barn or out in the field. Are all your and horses Appaloosas? Appaloosas? Are, are they all? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to come live there unless you're in Appaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people don't have to be spotted. It's just the horses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why Appaloosas? Oh, Appaloosas are awesome. Um, they've been depicted throughout history as back as 18,000 B.C. in China, Persia, Austria, Denmark, Sweden. There's paintings of spotted horses in the caves in southern France. And they are just so awesome. They're intelligent. They're brave. They can have speed when you want them to have speed. You know, they're endurance. They have a calm demeanor. Um, someone might argue with this statement, but they're kind of like the hippies of the, of the equine world. You know, that's, that is actually <laughs> they're a just good way. Laid back. To, that is a good way to put up looses. <laughs> it's almost like they're a little stoned sometimes, <laughs> you know, or a lot of times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a little weed going on there. I, I have never heard it put that way. That is the best way I've ever heard put Appaloosas put, actually, having owned a few in our lifetime. <laughs> they kind of are. <laughs> well, we kind of laugh when... Jennifer, um, write that down. Oh, and put that on our list a... <laughs> of breeds. The hippies of the horse world. It's usually always a guy that will come in and ask for the biggest horse we have. So I just kind of look at him and laugh. Because the biggest horse we have is the personality of Eeyore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's a it's a misnomer that the bigger the better with horses. And absolutely not. If you want a challenge, I'll give you that little gray hair over there. <laughs> <laughs> so she's now short, you, but she's feisty. You guys also offer camping and you have cabins and different things there, too, so people can stay? Um. We do have one primitive cabin down in the campgrounds. It sleeps four. It's got a wood-burning stove, microwave, little mini fridge. It's nothing fancy. Nothing fancy at all. It's just a little primitive cabin. Um, and our campgrounds are awesome. Um, we also have rental stalls available for our campers. Okay. That's cool. And we have uh, a lot of people rent their site by the season. And some of our, our seasonal camping guests have been there for years and years, which is nice because, you know, they help keep things going in the summer down in the campground. And tell us about some of the other critters you have there. It's not just spotted horses. Oh, my gosh. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we have water buffalo, longhorn steers. We have cows. Pigs, sheep, rams, chickens, turkeys, guinea hens, uh, five dogs, and a cat named Marty. 
<laughs> one cat? You only have one cat on a place that size? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you just, I mean, it's so cool. I was looking at the pictures here of all the other animals you have there, and it's so cool. That's cool. Do you do anything with the water buffalo? Do you ever drive them, put them to work? Um, no, but you're more than welcome to come out and go in the field with them. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'm going to volunteer for that. I'll be the one to break a water buffalo. Um, be, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've only watched them from the passenger side of Mike's truck. <laughs> that yeah. was close enough for me. We do have a friend, though, and uh, Tara probably knows her down. Sammy Joe drives her water buffalo down in Texas, and uh, she drives them around. And actually, oh, yeah? the water buffalo helps deliver the hay every night to the horses. They have a little wagon, and they hook it up, and oh, that's how they weird. deliver the hay every night is the water buffalo pulls the wagon. So you wow, need to, you need to put those things to work. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. How long have you guys, how long has Spotted, Spotted Horse Ranch been doing, been doing business? Um, it's somewhere around 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, the owner is named Michael Solt, and he spent uh, the first part of his life as a contract, general contractor. And then when this gorgeous piece of property in Hocking Hills opened up, uh, he bought it because he always wanted to be a rancher. And now he's, uh, how do I say, older than over 70. <laughs> and he still just loves what he does. Well, and I don't want to run out of time before we talk about the fact that uh, did, uh, they have a note written down here that you're actually recruiting Wranglers right now for the season. We are. We, uh, we go through this every, usually every spring, um, finding new Wranglers. And it's uh, definitely an interesting process. What do you What do you look for? So, if if one of our listeners, I know we have a couple of actually listeners that posted recently that they're looking to do something different this summer, and they're riders, and most of them been riding for a long time. So, what do you look for in a wrangler, and what's involved, and what do they have to do? Well, first and foremost, you have to know how to ride. That helps. It doesn't do any good to lie to us about your experience because the first five minutes on that horse, we know whether or not you were lying. Um, People need to be able to follow directions. You have to be honest, hardworking, uh, because it's more than just being a wrangler. You know, you're a direct representation of Spotted Horse Ranch. So if you've got that T-shirt on that says Spotted Horse Ranch and you go, I don't know, to... Lancaster for some chicken wings, as long as you have that shirt on, you're representing the ranch. So now, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is, uh, and I know we've, I, I know other people that have looked for wranglers, personality for wranglers is probably as important as oh. their horsemanship, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, our, our base pay might not be that much. But if you know what you're doing and you're taking care of the customers and taking care of the horses out on the trail, we, you can walk out of there with a hundred dollars a day in tips. Mm. You know, we're providing a service, so it's really no different than bartending or, or cooking. You know, you provide a service. Our service just happens to be on four spotted legs out in the middle of nowhere. And how do they, uh, so the season runs from basically the beginning of May through when? Until um, about Thanksgiving when deer, se- deer season opens. Yeah, at, like in Pennsylvania, yeah, Ohio. We, we stay on our property. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we stay, our trails are all on, on our property, but um, 
it's hard to police for poachers. Mm-hmm. So we would just as soon not risk it. We always had the same problem in Pennsylvania. And deer season always starts the Monday after Thanksgiving. So um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, okay. So where do they, where, if somebody is interested in either visiting this season or they want to become a wrangler, what do they do? Where do they go? Well, if you are looking for a job, um, you need to, PM us on our Facebook page, and it's The Spotted Horse Ranch on Facebook. Or if you go to our website, which is www.thespottedhorseranch.com, and you go over to the Contact Us page, you can also send an email, resume, request for reservations, um, everything. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ellie, and good luck this season. Hope you're hope the mud dries soon. Hey, thank you. <laughs> All right, take uh, care. So do we. Bye bye. <laughs> That's uh, spotted the spottedhorseranch.com. You know, we always say be unique and be different, and uh, there's a lot of ranches out there. But by using Appaloosas, they're unique and different, right? I mean, it makes yeah. it different. <clears throat> they also have a uh, they also have a trail ride. I noticed. One of their rides, uh, we were just talking about chuck wagons, is the Cowboy Cookout ride. So it's a four-hour ride, but you get fed dinner while you're out. So uh, they actually cook everything out in the woods. So there you go. That's what we were talking about. Chuck wagon. That's right. And it does look like a pretty area of... of Ohio, and I actually went and looked. It's about, it's about, uh, looks like an hour or two to the east of Cincinnati and right below Columbus. So it's, uh, it's, it's in the heading toward uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia area, uh, right out in the middle of the state there. So, and when she said, it was so funny because she said, well, we're about so-and-so from another town I had never heard of. And I thought, well, we got to get better. (laughs) You thought that too? It's like, okay, I I don't know where that one is either. Let's try again. (laughs) Well, I did get a little bit mesmerized by the National Geographic fact. So I was like, oh, wow. And and then I forgot that I didn't really know where we were still. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, she said uh, Chillicothe. Chillicothe, and I'm oh. seeing Chillicothe here, and uh, it is, yeah, I didn't know where that was either. So uh, it's There's basically a map in the on their middle website. of the state. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You can yeah. find it there. Perfect. It does sound like a fun place to go. And yeah. we always do like looking at new places like that. Well, let's hear from Horseware, our title sponsor, and then we're going to come back with Jill, cowgirl in the kitchen. She has another recipe for us, and we're so glad she's back. Racing and elite equestrian sports. It's all about how to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe is a truly portable and highly efficient circulation therapy system for your horse. Before activity, prepare to prevent damage by using the Ice Vibe's vibration pads. Repair after the event by using the unique combination of cold packs and vibration to minimize swelling and encourage blood flow. And because it's battery powered, Ice Vibe is truly portable. The essential and affordable tool to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe. You can find out more details about Ice Vibe at ice-vibe.com or horseware.com. Or ask your local tax shop or online supplier for more information about Ice Vibe Circulation Therapy from Horseware. And it is that time, Tara, and she's ready. Okay. We'd like to welcome Jill back from Cowgirl in the Kitchen. How are you, Jill? Good morning, Tara. I'm just fine. And I just listened to that commercial, and I remember the old days of sitting on an upturned bucket 
with a cold hose. Yep. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> for an hour. Come a long way, haven't they? <laughs> we yeah, actually, forever. <laughs> we actually had a horse just last week that had to go through a series of cold hosing, and we actually went and bought some ice vibe and really, really liked them. Yeah, you don't have so, to sit on the bucket for as long now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know. You just kind of sit there holding the hose, and the yeah. <laughs> horse starts moving around, and then your feet get wet, and it was just not a pleasant thing. That sounds like a whole much better thing to do. How is everybody this morning? We're doing really well. We're We've been talking a little bit about what you're going to share with us today. So we're, we're eager to hear about, <laughs> about your bacon. Okay, I'll, I'll get right to it. I've been noticing on Facebook, uh, Facebook tells me a lot about what's going on in the culinary world and, you know, what's trending and what's popular. And I've been seeing something called bacon jam. I went out and looked at every single recipe that was out there for it, including Martha Stewart, um, and I'm not Martha Stewart, and I really didn't like what I was seeing. I was thinking, well, why are they putting that in it? That doesn't make sense to me. So I, I've made it a point to turn this into my own cowgirls campfire style bacon jam because camping out was one of my favorite things to do, particularly horse camping, and especially memorable in the early mornings when the bacon was sizzling in the skillet for breakfast prior to an all-day ride in the Mount Jefferson Wilderness. Those are the things I really, really remember. My second favorite thing is the smell of that memory, and you can get that memory when you open a bottle of liquid hickory smoke. You can find it in your grocery store's herbs and spices section and or on Amazon carries quite a few brands. I was glad to see that because mine's getting low. Um, you'll find a lot of other uses for liquid smoke for this um, other than just this jammy bacon spread that I'm going to share with you. So here's my adaption for what I think a cowgirl would really like, which is the smell of the campfire, bacon, and a little kick of whiskey. And what was How did I know I that was going to be in here, uh, Jill? How did I know? I really think Pendleton needs to sponsor me, don't you think? Yes. They should start by sending me a case of Pendleton to get started. Yeah. We'll work on okay, that. Okay, right? here's what you're going to need, and I am going to post this this morning with a picture on my The Cowgirl in the Kitchen on Facebook. You're going to need a pound of good bacon sliced into small pieces. I just literally took it out of the package and put the whole slab down on the cutting board and just cut it crosswise, and that gave me all the little pieces I needed. One sweet onion, diced fine, a half a cup of brown sugar, packed, a tablespoon of liquid smoke, a half a cup of maple syrup, a half a cup of strong black coffee, and optional is Pendleton whiskey, about an eighth of a cup, or to taste, water as needed. <laughs> to taste. Yeah. <laughs> you cook the bacon in a large skillet until it's lightly browned. You don't want it to get dark and extra crispy. Um, that makes it more difficult. While it's cooking down, you just want it to be you know, cooked, light brown, 
and and that's perfect. That way you've got the bacon. Remove the bacon with a slotted spoon to a dish lined with a paper towel so it can really drain. You don't want a whole lot of fat left in this. Pour off the remaining fat from the skillet and you leave about one tablespoon in the skillet and you put the chopped onion in. You cook that stirring until the onion is tender as well as slightly browned. You'll know when it's turned a clear color with little brownie edges. Now you put in the brown sugar, the maple syrup, the black coffee, which I think you've already got on the campfire, right? And the liquid smoke. Add the whiskey to taste and a little of the water so nothing starts sticking right off the bat. You bring this to a boil, stirring. You put the bacon back in the skillet, stir it up again. You either move it to the side of the campfire or turn your stove down too low and cook it uncovered for about a half an hour. It will get very syrupy that way because the liquids are all doing their thing. Now, if you can't find liquid smoke, if you don't want to go on Amazon, you've gone to your grocery store and they've looked at you like you're crazy and said, you want what? There is a substitute that you can use. This will surprise you. There is a tea called Russian Caravan. It's a Lapsang Souchong black tea. You can put the tea leaves in a cup, add just enough boiling water to get it really moist and let it sit for a long time. That has a really nice smoky uh, flavor. It's one of my favorite Are you teas. saying it's easier like to it find the bizarre Russian tea than liquid yeah. smoke? Actually, it is. It, it really is. In the, in your grocery store, you you may have noticed that tea has really taken over the, you know, the the beverage aisle. There's a lot of different kinds of coffees. There are a lot of different kinds of teas, including Russian Caravan, and I like it. I think it's really good. Um, or the other thing you can do is to use a little smoked paprika, and you can find that in the herbs and spices as well. Anyway, you just keep. Keep cooking this. Keep cooking, keep cooking. Uh, stir it a little bit now and then. But mostly you just want it to just turn into it like jam. Now, some people, <clears throat> and I did, and it'll show in the picture, you can put it in your food processor, press a pour it right in, and pulse it until it is a much smaller consistency, like jam. But I've cooked this a couple of times, and all my tasters liked it when I didn't process it because they really liked knowing that they were getting bacon. It's particularly good on baked potato. You can put it on mashed potatoes. You can put it in a biscuit. You can put it on top of scrambled eggs, or you can just eat it right out of the jar, which is pretty much what everybody did. It'll keep in your icebox for about four weeks, but Good luck with that because it's not going to last for very long. This will make about two to three cups. Now, believe I, me, it's pretty darn. I, I, it's pretty I have, darn good. I have mixed emotions about this. I, I'm having trouble. Okay. I love bacon. Okay. I we I love bacon. It's one of my favorite foods in the world, like uh, most sane people. Um, and, yes, absolutely. <laughs> except for Jamie. Yeah. You know, vegetarian and all that. But uh, so I love bacon. But I don't. I've tried chocolate bacon. I'm one of those people that when I have pancakes and bacon, I take the bacon off to a side plate because I don't want to mix it with the maple syrup. I don't like it mixed. I like. I'm a bacon purist, okay. so I'm I'm having trouble okay. thinking about whether I'd like this okay. or not. 
Well, I I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> yeah. except that you might you might you know cook this up and try it on a baked potato. Yeah, that might be good. Rather than on keep keep your bacon a pure way for your pancakes. I can definitely see that. You know, keeping it all separate that makes sense to me. But if you put this either in a biscuit or on a baked potato. Or if you have, like, I did it on scrambled eggs, and I thought that was wonderful. It completely changed the scrambled eggs. And Denise had a wonderful uh, suggestion. She said, gosh, I can't wait to try this. Wouldn't this be good on that thing that they do with fried chicken and waffles? It's apparently mm. it's a southern thing. Yeah, yeah. We don't seem to have that out here. And she said, "I think that'd be a great way to do it with the fried chicken and the waffles." And I think, do you put syrup on the waffles? You do. Or gravy, or is it gravy? <laughs> it, it can be. Uh, be now I'm going to have to look syrup. this all up. It's usually syrup. Syrup, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there you go. So did that answer your question, Glenn? Yeah. Now Tara has another weird thing. You thought I was weird. Tara's well. weirder. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you know, well, like I, I was listening to this and I actually was like glancing at the recipe and I thought, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. And then Glenn says how he's a, a bacon purist. And I said, well, right. I did read the directions and, or the ingredients and it said good bacon sliced into small pieces. And I immediately went, oh, because I hate when I get a small piece of bacon stuck in my teeth. Like it's a, it's a surprise That's to me. <laughs> so I'm not really, it's not, I mean, I'm not. I want to get down to business when it's time to eat, right? Like, I don't want surprises. Okay, well, um, I happen to like raspberry jam, and I get the seeds stuck in my teeth, but it doesn't oh, stop me yeah. from eating raspberry jam. That's <laughs> yeah. my answer. The worst <laughs> so. thing is when you're eating something that has, like, red pepper in it, and you get a piece oh, of that yeah. later. Then yeah. that's not much oh, fun. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, not, hot, 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 Yeah, that's not yeah. much fun later. Yeah. So, yeah, you do cut it into small pieces. I but can't believe we're even having pieces. this conversation right now, by the way. Just saying. I I know it's this. This really <laughs> turned around, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did, though. I like how you talked about how you don't. It's a. It's important that you don't make the pieces of bacon really hard, though, when you're exactly, cooking. Exactly. Exactly. So I went. Okay. I think I, I did. Do this. I did cook it. Yeah. And with your case, Tara, one, I really you could, did cook it way too long. You could food process it, and then. Uh, <laughs> You would That's you could put it in the processor and then it would be finer. So, yeah. uh, you know, and Denise just texted me and said over roasted Brussels sprouts would be good. Well, the, uh, anything would make roasted Brussels sprouts better, Denise. So I, <laughs> maybe that would help. Oh, that my. is a good idea. I happen to like Brussels sprouts. <sighs> you Actually, I weird. don't think I've met anything that I that I don't like when you get right down to it. <laughs> You could That's probably right. have this with Rocky Mountain oysters too. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my one of my favorite like types of meat. I noticed is, that uh, is Tara a... ignored that one, Jill. Do you notice that too? Tara <laughs> just went right by that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite types of meat is is a fillet, but it doesn't have that much flavor, right? So I I think this might be really oh, delicious over like as a sauce. I think you're right. I think you're right. Just as you take it off the griddle or off the grill or yeah. out of the pan, then you know you'd you put you know a dollop of this on it and let it get warm, spread around on the top. That would be awfully good. That would be a whole different steak sauce. You know what it? you could do too, if you wanted to actually make a sauce, you could take more whiskey. You could actually mix it down with more <laughs> whiskey into a pan and make it more liquidy. Yes. That's uh, right. And more like exactly. a sauce. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anything. Yeah, more whiskey. What you're both doing. Or bourbon. <laughs> Either one works. Yeah, bourbon. Yeah, exactly. You could, yeah. What you're both doing is exactly what I hope people do. I think you should always take a recipe and you should look at it with your own taste and your own eye in mind and make it your own. Don't just be slavishly following something. Read it, look at it, try it. Say, well, you know, I like this, but I'm going to make this into a steak sauce and I'm going to pulse the hell out of it and make it, you know, quite liquidy. And I think it'll be very good on steak. I love it when people do that because then they write me and tell me what they did with something I slaved over for hours and hours. And it's always a great idea because there really isn't anything new under the sun. When the first caveman stuck a piece of meat on a piece of, uh, you know, on a stick and put it in the fire, that was barbecuing. And we've come up with variations for centuries after that. So cooking is the same thing. Um, you just, you know, everything you cook is your own because you put your own touch on it. So I'm hoping that what I've come up with is a cowgirl's campfire style bacon jam because I really do love the smell of liquid smoke. I'm really addicted to it. Every once in a while, we've got snow again, by the way, just saying, two degrees outside, <laughs> um, and can't get out, can't make a campfire. I just open up the bottle of liquid smoke and have a little whiff, and you go, oh, it's just exactly right what it up. was like out in the woods, and horses are on a, on a high line, and Oh, oh, it's lovely. It's nice stuff, and it lasts forever. Well, Jill, where can they find and you, you uh, on Facebook? What do they search for? You can find me, uh, the cowgirl in the kitchen, on Facebook. All right, sounds and good. And it's posted, and it's, it'll be cross-posted on my Facebook page. Um, so this recipe is going in, <clears throat> and all of my books, <clears throat> excuse me, it's early in the morning here. It's only 6.30. Um all of my books can be found on Amazon.com or on my website, which is www, one word, jillcharlotte.com. And I hope to hear, I really hope to hear some people writing me about this. Sounds good. And Jennifer, if you could it post... It was good post to talk to both of you. If, if, Jennifer, if you could post a link on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page over to her Cowgirl in the Kitchen Facebook page that would so people can find the recipe, that would be That's wonderful. That's great. I... I put it up on, I've already put up about the program this morning and said that the link would appear okay. a little bit later. Good. Well, well thank set. you, Jill. Good to talk Good to you. Good to have you back. You. Happy Good trails. to talk right. to you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. And now I'm hungry and thirsty. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere, you know, I, right? I looked up, I thought, well, what's in liquid smoke? So I looked it up. Yeah, what is this is the This is the ingredients. Yeah. Nat- natural liquid smoke. What? <laughs> The whole ingredient uh, list. Yeah. <laughs> How does so that maybe, happen? Yeah. Maybe it's selective. I'll have to try another product. You know what's driving at. Jennifer and I nuts is bitters. Mm. You, you hear about oh, bitters. I love bitters. Yeah, I know. You hear about that. But what the hell are bitters? What are yeah. they? Yeah. Are, it's like natural liquid smoke. Same kind of bottle, actually. It is the same kind of bottle. And you know what? We found the bitters bottle the other day. And I said to Jennifer, we're going to finally solve the mystery of what bitters actually are. And you know what it says on the bottle? Ingredients? Bitters. It's yeah. like, oh, obviously, it's some kind of plant, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they look bitter. like little plant-like no, things. No. Is there a know. bitter? No, that's, sorry, I'm thinking of a company. There's Bitterroot Saddle Company. <laughs> <laughs> it's a saddle, that's it. And, yeah. and people use bitters in drinks. I know my parents used to. That's kind of an old-fashioned thing, using bitters, isn't it? 
Yes. It's kind of, oh, there's a bitter. There's a bitter root. Yeah. Do you use bitters in your drink? Do you have any drinks that I use do. bitters? What? Which drink? I do. I put it with Sprite. And no alcohol at all. Ew! No, they call it. Well, they call it in Australia. They call it a lemon lime bitters, which and, is it's kind of the same thing. Lemonless bitters and Sprite. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Sounds. Like no, it. that's sort of like my little refreshing. I don't know. Huh. Drink. Well, we'll yeah. have to try it when we're out there. Bitters and Sprite. Yeah. I can tell by Jennifer's reaction she's eager to try it. Yeah. <laughs> she's lining up for that. She's so yeah. excited. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for uh, joining us for the Jill part of the show. We have much more coming up here today on the Western episode with Tara. And Tara, give everybody real quick where they can find your website, too. Uh, we're at carterranchhorse.com. Jennifer, you're going to tell us about some total saddle fit, shoulder relief cinch. That's right. They had the shoulder relief girth, which folks have been hearing about for years. But nowadays, they also have the shoulder relief cinch because horses in the Western disciplines appreciate a well-fitted saddle as well. And it improves saddle fit and comfort because the center of the cinch sits in your horse's natural girth groove, while the sides are set back to attach to the latigos further back and prevent the saddle from being pulled into the shoulders. A bad thing, grr. The unique shape has special cutouts for elbow clearance. Happy elbows, yay. And it uses an interchangeable liner system. You can get liners in top quality limestone neoprene, wool felt, or wool fleece. So each horse in your barn can have the type of cinch he likes best, and... You can pull them off and put them back on quickly, so you can use one cinch for lots of horses, and everybody has their favorite, and it's sparkling clean. And you can find out more at totalsaddlefit.com. Thank you, Jennifer. We're going to play a song by Dan Roberts called Can't Change Horses. And then we're coming back, and we're going to talk about the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance with Jill Dunkel. Another Jill. Two Jills on the show today. We'll be right back. Better look down that road before you get on. Turn around, take one last look behind. Yeah, pick up a little dirt, run it through your hands, then carve your favorite memories in your mind. Cause all you've ever dreamed of was riding the rodeo. Before you learn to hold on, you gotta learn to let go. Your time in the saddle Ain't as rough as life in between And the fence isn't there for you to straddle And you can't change horses in the middle of your dream Don't count the miles 
just soon be gone But take time to study your back trail Cause what you've learned today May help tomorrow But leaving is the only way to tell Well you can't put a price tag On the fun and rodeo But you don't get a free ride You'll pay as you go Isn't there for you to straddle And you can't change horses In the middle of your dream Hey, you gotta learn That your time in the saddle Ain't as rough as a life in between Well, that was Can't Change Horses by Dan Roberts. You can find all of his music at oldbootsmusic.com. Oldbootsmusic.com. I think Dan lives somewhere in in Texas near you, actually. Uh, we can get him to come out and sing to us at, uh, at our yeah. get-together. And I was thinking we need to have Jill come and cook. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I know. We, we kind of got to do a little merging. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She could come down from uh, out west where she snowed in still. So yeah. I'm sure she'd be, she'd be probably happy to leave from out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're listening to Horses in the Morning. I am Glenn Geek here with uh, Tara Carter, and it is Western Day on Horses in the Morning. We do this once a month, and it's always a fun show. And you have the next guest, and she is, well, no, she's not ready yet. So forget that. She's okay. not ready yet. So what well, is going on? Do you guys start uh, your your showing season here soon? We do. We actually go this weekend is kind of the first big show for everybody. So, And what will that yeah. be? Well, it's going to be the Stock Horse of Texas and an AQHA Ranch Horse Versatility Show. And will so. it just be your husband showing or will you all be participating? Oh, we'll all be participating. There's about 12 of us going all together. So, so you'll Trevor be competing as well? Uh, no, I'll be helping all of the competitors be where they're supposed to be and <laughs> which pattern we're supposed to do and filming a video and, and all of that. So. so you'll be the wrangler, basically. You're going to wrangle the riders. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, Trevor, there's there's a horse I kind of have my eye on that, that's in training with Trevor, and I've been riding him here lately, so I'm not sure how long he'll get to stay with Trevor, but for now. <laughs> for now, it's good. So does that mean you, there's a horse you have your eye on, meaning you, you it's going to become yours and it's not going to leave the farm? Well, it's ours anyway. I've just let Trevor be, you know, I've just let Trevor ride it for right now. Ah, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it sounds to me like at some point Trevor's not going to be riding it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. You know. It's all right. You know about he's the happy, happy wife thing. <laughs> so. He's happy for me to be on a horse, so that's all right. Yeah. It, it won't be a bad thing. <laughs> well, Good. we have well, we do have Jill here. She's ready. Okay, great. Well, welcome Jill this this morning to the Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good, Tara. How are things with you? They're great. We're we're just talking about the show coming up and Glenn was asking, I said, Well, we've got we've got a ranch horse, a stock horse of Texas and an AQHA versatility ranch horse show this weekend and it was perfect because that's that's part of uh, why we've asked you to come and join us to tell us a little bit about the exciting news, this exciting new announcement of the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance. So can you tell us a little bit what that is? 
You bet. The um, the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance is actually about 18 months worth of work between several different ranch horse and stock horse associations. We all had kind of the vision of some sort of a national presence, but yet we all didn't want to lose, you know, what we had on a regional or a statewide basis, something along those lines. All of us were very committed to the heritage of the ranch horse, the horse's ability to handle livestock, you know, to, to work in, in ranch-type conditions. And, and that was one thing we all had in common that we were hoping to take on a national level. And so we started meeting um, back in the fall of 2016 and, you know, kind of put a pencil to it. And uh, some ideas came to fruition, others we tossed aside, and then in February, we launched. So it's a group of six of us um, that are the, the core founding members of the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance. So the six groups, like when you say that you had some things going on regionally that you liked really well, that's because these these groups are based in different areas, and sometimes the rules are different per region or per association. Or, or those, what else would be different between the different associations? You know, the rules is a, a big part of it. Um, a lot of our rules are similar, but maybe not exact. Um, we might offer different divisions, you know, different things like that. But we all kind of had the same core principles, some of the same core classes. And we wanted each group to be able to keep that. We didn't want it to be all of a sudden we <clears throat> developed this national organization that has a core set of rules and everybody has to adopt it. We, we didn't want to change what was already working for each of these associations. So each group, um, which the Stock Horse of Texas is one of those, Oklahoma Stock Horse Association, the American Quarter Horse Association, Western States Versatility Ranch Horse Association, and East Coast Stock Horse Association, we all are going to continue to do what we've been doing. We're all hosting our own regional shows with our own set of rules. And with it being an alliance, we can do that. But we have come together kind of as allied partners to preserve this ranching history in these competitions, which we're all committed to, and then also help it grow. Um, We're at a very exciting time for ranch and stock horse. Um, In the last two to three years, it has really taken hold across the country and grown tremendously. So we're hoping we can kind of direct that growth in, in a positive way. So as the alliance, so they're not necessarily going to say this is how we, this is how you run this show, but what sort of things does the alliance help do in order to grow it as a whole? You know, first of all, we're, we have a national presence now. Um, Stock Horse of Texas is a very large association already, and we have members in over 20 states, but our shows are in Texas. So this helps us have a national presence as it does with these other groups. Uh, um, Down the road, some of the other, you know, other ranch horse and stock horse associations can apply to become an alliance member, and I could see the alliance really growing that way. But we're we're kind of offering some guidance to some of those, um, and then we're going to come together and have a national show once a year. 
we're hoping that that national show really showcases ranch horses and stock horses from across the country. Doesn't matter what breed they are, as long as they're a stock type horse. We're hoping then in June when we have this show, it is truly a highlight of some of the best ranch horses in the country. So if I'm a member, if I'm a member of the East Coast East Coast Stock Horse Association, and I I show in those events, and then I show, and then I've got a friend who shows in the Stock Horse of Texas, and a friend who shows in the Western states. So any of us would be eligible, even though we showed under different rules and maybe some different classes, all of us, if we qualified, would be eligible for that world show? That's correct. That is correct. We, we wanted each group to keep their autonomy. The East Coast group has some classes that Stock Horse of Texas doesn't have. Same way with Western states' versatility. So we wanted each core group to continue doing what they do best, and that is catering to their members and the people in their area and providing high-quality ranch horse competitions in their area. And then if you compete with one of these alliance partners, that's going to qualify you to come to the National Ranch and Stock Horse National Championship Show. So there, there will be a set of rules. And what we're doing in 2018 is hosting our show with the American Quarter Horse Association's Versatility Ranch Horse Show. It's going to be in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And so we are following the AQHA Versatility Ranch Horse format as far as for the national show. There's going to be five core classes. We'll have ranch cutting, ranch riding, which is kind of like stock horse pleasure, ranch trail, ranch cow work, and ranch reining. Those are the five classes that the Alliance decided to offer at our national show. But it'll be set up with the Versatility Ranch Horse Show that AQHA is already hosting. So for that show, we're going to follow Versatility Ranch Horse rules. And all those qualifiers will be well-informed, you know, ahead of time of the formats of those classes. And so do you think in the future that you'll say, okay, well, this year we're going to follow this association's rules, and next year we might we might pick... Oklahoma's version, or will you start to establish something more national for that for that show? You know, Tara, that's a good question. We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> we are are pretty fledgling and still trying to get yeah. our feet up, you know, underneath us. Um, AQHA offered to host the national show this year, and so we thought it would be a, a great way. They already put on a first class event with some fabulous horses, so we thought it would be a great way to partner with them for this national show. Um, we, we really don't know how it's going to necessarily be down the road. Um, we'll contract with somebody probably to, to host the show. Um, the one thing about the Alliance, we don't really have a, a big office. We don't have a staff. Um, we wanted to keep the, the overhead small so that we could really focus on just promoting these horses through these regional groups. So that's kind of the key. Um, AQHA has stepped up and, and offered to host our show this year. And then from there, we'll kind of just see where things go and, and how they evolve. Very cool. So how did you get into ranch horse and stock horse? How did, how did you become a part of this in the beginning? 
You know, um, my family, we live on a ranch. Um, my office for Stockhorse of Texas is on a ranch, and, and I grew up showing. Uh, when my kids were little, my husband showed in Versatility Ranch Horse with AQHA when when my kids were young, and then the kids started showing, so we put our interest kind of on the back burner and, and started going to events with our kids. And for about eight years, I helped host a show for Stock Horse of Texas that was a fundraiser for our 4-H club. Um, did that, was involved on that kind of a level. And then I took the executive director position with Stock Horse of Texas two years ago. So um, that's kind of how, you know, I came full circle, uh, being a competitor, being raising competitors with my kids showing. Um, I have a daughter that's on Texas Tech's Ranch Horse team, and they'll be coming to, you know, a lot of those shows with the collegiate competitions. So it has been in our family for a long time. We love being able to compete on this level and to showcase some great horses. And what, what do you think sets apart like a ranch horse? I mean, what you say, you say the, the, the mission is to preserve and promote the ranching tradition. Like what's, what's one of the, the things that sets apart a ranch horse for you? You know, I think there's a few things. Um, one of them is their versatility. You know, one day you may need to go prowl pastures. Another day you may need to rope cattle. Um, another day maybe sort some off or go check fences, you know. Um, the versatility of these horses, their, their mind, um, they're good-minded and, and really um, able to do whatever the task is on that day. Um, I think that's really a, a neat part of these horses. And then the other part is their bred ability to have cow sense and, and handle livestock. And that's something that all of the partners in the alliance felt like was really important. Um, we wanted to showcase these horses doing multiple things, all that versatility. They can run down the fence and stop and turn a cow, and 30 minutes later they may be over in the trail pen trotting over logs. And that's just some of the neat things that, that the, each of these associations showcases and the Alliance wanted to showcase as well. One of the things that I think is is really amazing that the regional organizations do is they make it easy for someone to try some try versatility or try stock horse for the first time. Whereas sometimes when you get into a national organization, you have to have been at this for a while or a national like a national level of competing. So, what's one of the things that you think? could really benefit someone if they wanted to try try a ranch horse or a stock horse competition for the first time? What what do you think someone might gain out of doing that? You know, I think that they can go to a, a stock horse show or a ranch horse show and kind of dip their toes in and test the water. Most um, associations have an entry level. We have a novice level at Stock Horse of Texas. It is one of our most popular divisions. Um, people kind of come, they, they get started, and they get hooked. And then we have educational programs, as do several of the other partners in the alliance, to where we'll have a clinic the day before a show. So they can come, they can kind of do the clinic. Um, I get a lot of people who call that say, okay, I want to maybe do the ranch riding and the trail, but I've never worked a cow, and I'm scared of that. So we tell them to come to a clinic. And part of the clinic, we, we cover the trail, we cover the raining, we cover the ranch riding, but we also give them the opportunity to work a cow for the first time. And 
that clinician will give them some pointers on, even with very little experience, they can kind of get out there and get started a little bit. Um, they, they might not have to get super close to that cow to put a lot of pressure on it, but they can kind of get started. And we find they get hooked pretty easily <laughs> and, and then they keep, keep coming back. And so that's kind of the fun part of this is, you know, a lot of these groups have an entry level. You don't have to come with a trainer. You don't have to come with a $50,000 horse. Bring what you've got. Um, our mission and our kind of our mission statement with Stock Horse of Texas is helping people ride a better horse. We don't want you to feel like you have to go buy a high-dollar horse. Bring what you have. Let's work with it. Let's educate you, help you teach your horse, and, and kind of see you move through the ranks. And at some point, if you want to upgrade, a lot of people do. That's great, too. But we love that entry-level rider um, love giving them the educational opportunities to get started, uh, to be safe with their horse. And like I said, most of them get hooked. They love the competition. They love the camaraderie. And then they keep coming, kind of like uh, you guys and several of your clients. Yeah, that's one thing that it's fun to hear people when they go the first time to those events. They go, gosh, everybody's so nice. You know, they, they're nervous about going and trying something new, but really everyone's just glad to have people there together who are wanting to ride a better horse. So, yeah. That's right. Well, and, you know, everybody has a good time. They, um, It's competitive. It's very competitive, but everybody cheers for each other. And yeah. one of the things that, you know, I do when, when we're hosting events is, is I try and go – hang out with our competitors and to listen to them hoop and holler for the people they're showing against, you know, and giving them fist bumps and high fives when they come out of the pen. That's what makes it so fun and um, rewarding for, for everybody. And it's a great way, you know, to spend a weekend. Now I have to jump in because I'm a complete and total outsider. I know exactly <laughs> zip about ranch horses, except what I see on YouTube videos, but it sounds fascinating. Um, maybe to help others who are completely clueless about this whole ranch horse thing. Many, many of us are familiar with the um, trail classes that you would see at a typical Western show that has rail classes. They have Western equitation and Western pleasure, and then they have trail class. And we've seen those. What might what is different about a trail class you would see at a ranch competition versus the one we would see at um, Quarter Horse Congress? There is a big difference. Um, I thought that might be the case. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and and it's kind of cool. We try to simulate obstacles that you might come across on the ranch. So we have, you know, big cedar logs that they'll trot over, walk over, things like that. We'll have a gate, but it's a real gate, you know, that, that would hold in animals, um, horses, livestock, whatever, um, that they'll open and close. Um, in some of the divisions, they drag a log. Uh, it's already got a rope attached to it, and you drag that log. Um, that's to simulate, you know, uh, on, on a ranch setting, if you're, you're dragging calves to the fire, uh, branding, something along those lines. But it's, it's very similar to that. Um, of course, you can't make the grass grow in an arena and, and have it quite authentic like that. But we, we really try to replicate obstacles that you'd see on the ranch. We don't have, you know, red and white striped poles or 
things of that nature. And as often as possible, we do our trail classes outside. Uh, some of the venues no. where we have shows. Outdoors? No. <laughs> yes. Thank you yes. And, and it's, it's so much fun. There's a, one venue that has kind of a little ravine that, that people go through and you have to duck to go under a tree limb and, you know, some things like that. And so as much as possible, we, we use, uh, you know, natural terrain. Sometimes we do it out on the grass and, and so forth. So that's kind of um, bringing people back to the roots of horse showing and horses. Um, nobody wears blingy outfits at our deal. Uh, you know, long sleeve shirt and a cowboy hat is what most of them wear. And so it, it really makes it, you know, fun on that aspect. And it's, it's not about your clothes. It's about you and your horse and really having a good time. Awesome. Well, Jill, if people wanted to find more about signing up to compete in ranch horse versatility with either these members of the Alliance or I guess find out more about the Alliance, where would they go? So we developed a really informative website called ranchhorse.net. And one of the cool features about our website is the show calendar. So maybe you're not a member of one of our partnering associations, but you're kind of interested. Maybe you want to go see a ranch horse show or compete. You can go to our calendar that's on our website, and all of the ranch horse shows that our six partners have are listed on this calendar, and it's searchable. It's searchable by date, uh, alliance partner, or state. You know, you can search different areas of the country, things like that. So that's a really cool aspect of our website and was one of the goals of the National Ranch and Stock Horse Alliance is, you know, I see on Facebook people are thinking, I want to try this ranch horse thing, but I don't know where to go. Now they have a place, ranchhorse.net, and they can can find a show or an educational clinic that's paired with it and get started. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jill, so much for joining us today and for, for all that you've done to help Ranch Horse grow and to help the national versus, to help the, the alliance grow and come to fruition. So thank you for joining us and um, hope to see you soon. That sounds good, Tara. I think we'll, we might see you this weekend. We have a show <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> South Texas, so that'll be great. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. There you go. You know, it's always fun to see groups that are trying to improve anything uh, in our horse world. And it does seem that we've seen more of that in the recent years um, and kind of uniting the, the horse world in different ways. That's never been done before. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's important. It's got to be done or we're not going to be we're not going to be here in 10 years in the way we are now. So. Yeah, that's right. I like that it's an alliance, too. I mean. Right. Even, in it, even in the way they've named it, they've said it, it's an alliance versus an association. Yeah, because you know what? I, I don't know that we need more associations. We all just need to work <laughs> better together, better yeah, together, exactly. right? Yeah, That's exactly. really what needs to happen. Well, tell everybody about your business. What's Carter Ranch Horses do, and where can they find out about you? Uh, so we teach people how to train horses, pretty much, and we train horses. But you can find out about us on Facebook, Carter Ranch Horse, or our website is carterranchhorse.com. And, and if you know, somebody we do, wants a ranch horse, do you guys sell them too? We do. We do on occasion, yeah. When, when, when one is ready and, and when somebody finds a good fit for them. So, yeah, it's not the, it's not the bulk of your business. The crux of our yeah. business, but yeah. So if somebody yeah. wants to learn to train horses, then that's basically what the crux of your business is. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And where do they find it? CarterRanchHorse.com. Very good. Well, thank you, Tara. Next time I'm talking to you, you'll be at uh, Road to the Horse with Jennifer. I know. I can't believe it's already here. I know. Coming up in, in what, three weeks. And if uh, anybody still wants to get last-minute tickets, apparently they're still available from what I saw this morning on the website. Uh, it's certainly going to be a fun competition to watch between uh, between all the competitors, Jim Anderson and Nick Dowers and Dan James and Vicki Wilson. Uh, it's worth going back just to watch Vicki Wilson again. And maybe she won't hurt herself and she'll she'll actually be in, you know, whole for this competition. She won injured, so I can't imagine what she's going to yeah. do not injured, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Exactly. So, and she's a lot of fun to listen to and to watch. And of course, Dan James is worth the ticket right there. <laughs> I think it's such an interesting mix. Like they're all very, different. very different. Yeah, they yeah. are very different. You'll yeah, see four different round pens. I think different. that's something that struck me too. Is I was looking it over. We have an Australian, a New Zealander, a Canadian, and an American. Yeah, but even their styles are so. And their styles are so very different. different. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah you got kind of you got Nick Dowers, who is about as cowboy and laid back as they get, uh, and then you have Dan James, who's the showman of all showmen, right? Um, and then you kind of has Vicky Wilson in there, who's who's giving him massages uh, right after she touches him <laughs> the first time. Yeah, I mean it's just She's the clinician's clinician. <laughs> yeah. She is. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jim Anderson, who's won this thing what several times, um, so. It's going to be fun to watch. It'll be a good show. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here. Thursday is Draft Horse. And then Friday uh, is, of course, Really Bad Ads. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. You can listen live, a two-hour show, uh, every day of the week, 9 a.m. Eastern on our app. Just go to uh, the App Store, iOS or Android, and download the Horse Radio Network app. You'll see the little live button at the top. Or you can listen on any of our websites sites as well horseradionetwork.com or horsesinthemorning.com thank you tara thank you guys all right everybody see you tomorrow have a great day